Hey, hey, and welcome to the Tara Malil Show. Here is where we have incredible interviews and conversations with powerful, ambitious, and highly successful women. We hear about the start of their journey, how they got to where they are now, what were some of their biggest successes and most epic failures. And they also help share their expertise and tips for you to practically implement to help you along your entrepreneurial journey as well. Don't forget, we are here for you. So if you have questions that you want answered, please write in to tara at taramalel.com and we will make sure we get the best experts to answer those questions for you. We do that every Friday. Now, stay tuned. We have epic stories coming up. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Tara Malel Show. I am honoured to have Amanda Thompson here with me, straight from the boardroom of Australia's biggest banks as a leading financial advisor to qualifying three times for the Ironman World Championships despite health issues. Amanda Thompson has never been afraid of a challenge. Today, she is dedicated to helping others discover the power of resilience, determination, and dedication to something bigger other than themselves. Welcome, Amanda. Hello. (laughs) I am so excited for this chat and so honoured to have your time because your story is full of twists and turns, highs and lows. I mean, resilient is definitely one of the key words I would use to describe (laughs) you. It's like... And then on top of that, I mean, that's, you know, life is life and we can't always control it and we don't always ask for these things, but you choose to do Ironman. (laughs) You choose to throw yourself into the thick of it. And that in and of itself, I'm like, wow, this lady is one tough cookie. It's incredible. Thank you. You make me sound super good, but I'm just just me. I'm just me, as real as the rest of us. (laughs) Well, look, as someone who just did 10 minutes uphill on a treadmill, I'm I'm pretty tired. So (laughs) I can't even imagine an Iron Man. So I give myself a pat on the back for my treadmill effort. So there you go. So yeah, pretty incredible. Not everyone's doing that. So you've got to thank yourself and be grateful. Exactly, exactly. It's not a comparison thing. I love it. I love it. So tell us a little bit about, you know, where you're at now, what you're doing now, because you've had your business for what, three, three years now? Yep. In the financial planning space, which is awesome, and we'll get to some tips on that in a moment. So tell us just like a little bit of of what you do right now and um, what your business is all about. Yeah, so I run my own financial planning business that I suppose specialises in business business strategy. It's my little little go-to, my my, my passion in that... um, given that I've worked, as you said, in the major banks for a long time in their business area, I've got a fair bit of experience of what I believe shouldn't necessarily be done. Mm. Um, And so my niche is to help people without the 
without the push of any products and, and things like that. So I very much love this, the small family business or, or the up and coming business that all of a sudden becomes so successful they don't know what to do. So mm. I like people in the midst of their growth phase or if they're really lucky, they get me before they start growing and we have everything um, set out in that sense. Amazing. Still am you're uh, you what, what people would classify your everyday financial planner. I don't do a lot of retirees and I have a giggle like my mum. My mum and my uh, ex-husband's uncle are about my only two retirees that I'll I'll look after because they're fuss free. Um and that that's nice. Yeah, it's, it's actually very much similar people to myself that you know, business owners, women, a lot of women. I do have a lot of women and right. I think it's because um because I do resonate with a, with a lot of them and referrals. You, you get like mm. clients because your clients are referring you. So you end up getting this big ball of very similar people. Um, mm. I do have a lot of artists, which is just makes me giggle all the time because if you, so I do Iron Man because I don't have any other extracurricular activities like dancing or painting. I'm not very good at any of those. <laughs> Nice, nice. And I dare say, I mean, being a former performing artist myself, oh, God damn it, we need help with financial planning. I'll tell you what. <laughs> Eternally, I mean, I get, yeah, I get a lot of artists and actors coming to me saying, I need some help. And I'm like, great, we do a lot of work around their business mindset and getting that. And then inevitably, I'm always there going, you need to get your money stuff sorted. Go, stop burying your head in the sand go talk to someone. So yeah, it's good to, it's good to have. And I think it's interesting, a lot of women, and again, I know a lot of women listen to this podcast, get a financial planner. If you don't know what you're doing, go to someone who does. Like it's huge. I think for a lot of women, we, same thing, bury our head in the sand and we go, oh, that's just, that's just not me. I'm not interested in money. I don't want to come across as money hungry. So therefore we just ignore it. We ignore that whole side and we sort of leave it to chance a little bit. I mean, is that your experience? Is that what you found? Do you know what? Yes and no. You actually, if you come across, um, and let's just take one, one niche of, one niche of women, lot single women or, or divorcing women or things like mm. that. Quite often than not, they come in two branches. They've done the finances at home and they've done the budgets and they pay the bills and, you know, very much a, a mum who does everything type of um, experience. Mm. And they, um, when they come to me, it's a little bit of a fear of everything, I think, in that we've just made the, had these big changes in life and how do I do everything on my own and, and, and go from that perspective but mm. believe it or not in this day I also see a lot of women who for want of a better word have had some form of experience of being kept and, and it's a word that they, they often use whether mm. they're a high profile husband that earns a lot of money um, or they have been a stay-at-home mum of sorts and so therefore mm. as you're sharing money you haven't really shared money because there's been one income earner and, they, mm. and again, it's that fear. Now, whether it's, it's, it's actually everyone, but that's women. Fear of fear is what drives a lot of people to be worried about not going to see a financial planner because they'll be scared that their undoings will appear and then, yeah, it's... 
that's my experience. That is a really interesting point that you bring up. Yeah, that why do people not go see a financial planner is you're right. I think there's fear and I don't know, would you say like a little bit of shame as well, you know, because I think money and being money wise, it's not something that we're ever really taught at school. And it's kind of um, not really spoken about openly, you know, there's some really interesting and really extreme feelings and triggering um, emotions that are attached to money and, and money stories. So I think that's an interesting point that people are scared because they don't, you know, something really personal is being revealed. Um, and it's generational. Mm. It's generational. Mm. Sometimes even um, the death of a parent or all those type of things. So it, again, I think a lot of it is fear related. So all of a sudden yes. if we move someone close to us and, or, or they got insurance payout or such and such got an insurance payout and have we got that or, oh, my mum my mum passed away much earlier on than she should have. Um, is that going to happen to me? Where are we going to be? We should live life or what's our future going to be like? So mm. again, if that ge generation, as I said, the majority of my clients are very similar. So I'm 44. So they're, they're not too much younger than me. So I've probably got about 40, about 44 to 55, I'd say, 45 mm. age bracket. So it is that generation where um, we are hard workers, um, but we also have experienced a period of time where interest rates have been at their absolute lowest. So mm. a lot of people think they're on easy street because I'm, I'm buying a house or, or whatever, and they forget that there's so much more to life than just bricks and mortar. Yes, yes, that's really important. And what have you seen? Again, I mean, I can't emphasize enough the importance of having some kind of plan for your financials, whether you have a business or or not, or you're, you've got a stable job. I think some people get a bit cushy in that. Like what for you would be kind of the main um, hot button when you're trying to say to people, this is actually really important. Like what is the big why behind having a really strong financial plan? Again, so my main clientele are businesses or self-employed people. And often I see a Band-Aid approach. Okay, so they've mm. gone, as you said, you get exactly what you've said, you get a lot of people coming to you and they want the mindset and they'll actually do a business plan. And normally the business plan will show that you're going to be successful because obviously you're not going to go into business. That's what you plan for. <laughs> so you're planning for a successful business. So why not plan for a successful overall future? And so instead of just saying, well, we have to start this business and we've got all of this other work to do, start the business and work the structures out and actually think about not just the cash flow to get the bank loan or making sure that we've got it there, is how else do you plan for your future to be successful? So I think that's the, the hot button is that if you've got the, if you're doing a business plan, if you've got people coming to mm. you saying, um, oh, let's get this business started, then, then do it. When I did my business plan, when I started my own business, um, and I'm, I'm not sure my bio doesn't say, but I'm a single mum, two kids. So to actually take a step away from a PAYG income um, when I'm solely responsible for the, the roof over our head, um, I, I did a six-month cash flow type plan and mm. I decided that I would have exactly what I needed tucked away so that the girls and I would survive for at least six yeah. months. And then I'd have to reassess what happened after that. Um, I didn't touch it. I was very, very yeah. lucky. So I, I didn't just um, survive. We, we really did 
thrive. Um, Amazing. But with hard work and, and not without fantastic clients, but I was really lucky, but it was always there. Um, and the reason I said is, so if you talk about planning is that even as a business person, I had six months worth of income sitting there that I didn't use. Mm. Go mm. and end it willy-nilly after that. I didn't go, let's have a party. So I actually then sat down and said, well, what do I do with this with this money? So I do practice what I preach as well. Yes. Yeah. In that sense, in that sense not every sense. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I think that's really key to like for a lot of, especially in that startup space, a lot of people, you know, there's a lot of um, BS saying, you know, just leap, just take a chance, just invest. And you're like, okay, but do you have any kind of plan around that? You know, it is so ridiculous and it is a terrible advice. You know, and I think it's important, like you say, you've got to have a plan, even if it's a six month going, do I have cash to survive? And, you know, we know that there's a lot of money that you do need to invest to really sort of get the wheels going or what is the bare minimum you can do. So I think it's huge as someone who has not planned financially, you know, in the past, my first business was like kind of just happened and it worked out. Yay. That was really lucky. Yes, a hard work and all the rest of it. But, you know, a big chunk of luck was tacked on to that. But so having that financial plan and the cash flow, I I think, yeah, I think it is huge. Guys, if you're not convinced by now that you need to go speak with a financial planner. And I think it's important, like Amanda has said, she is specifically working with business owners. Don't just go to any financial planner. Work with someone who is in that business space. I think that's going to be really important for you. Okay, so that we kind of went to the end. I normally give like awesome tips and stuff at the end. And we started with brilliant tips at the beginning. Let's go back because Amanda has just said, I mean, you are a single mom and you're a single mom when you decided to um, go it on your own, start your own business. So let's go back because I know you've had a couple of really significant um, life events, health impacts and issues that have kind of led you on this really an interesting path and led to where you are now and really helped you. I think like you were saying that with that resilient mindset to get you to where you are now. So I know we've spoken in the past about that point where you burnt out yep. and yep. it wasn't just, Oh, I was really stressed. Like you ended up in emergency. Can you yeah. tell us about that story? Yeah. So let, let's maybe go back a, a little bit. So I probably in this day and age got married and had children quite young. So at age 26, I had my first mm. child. Um, and at that point in time, I was only just starting my financial planning career. Um, so for, for me, from the very day I stepped foot into a financial planning um, environment, I loved my job. It was something that just, it's probably like seeing your child for the first time. Like I loved my job and categorically I can say I have not woken up one day not wanting to go to work. Not one. Oh, awesome. Um, yeah, really. Uh, so that, that was age 26, starting out my financial planning career and just had this urge to be a business planner. Again, I don't know, I can't explain what it is with me with the thing like doing Ironman. Some things I've just got to do. And so for the next three years, I worked and worked and worked to get where I wanted to be at a particular bank. And I got mm. there. I got there. And then um, I had 
uh, my, my second daughter had my second daughter and then um, that was at age 30. So at age 30, I was actually one of the top financial planners for one of the big four banks in their, their executive market area. Amazing. Um, 10 years younger than the next person and the only female in a national team. So there, you, you know, if you go back a few years, you can imagine what the culture and everything is. Um, but I wasn't so much out to prove anything to anyone other than myself in that I was just as good as anyone else, just because I had to go home to see my kids or pick them up from childcare and things like mm -hmm. that. So I was the one that just did everything. I worked as if I was, I worked as if, and I do say this true story that the men in the office could often stay till seven o'clock at night because they'd go home to home cook meals. Mm -hmm. Again, so if I'm 30, the next closest person's 40. Anyone that was married, they're still in that generation where the wives, mums were, were at home. And, and that, it's a very generalisation, but in this particular instance, it's the truth. It's not just generalising mm. um, of my team. And so I'd be the one that sometimes would have to get, get home in time to get my girls from childcare, go home, do all the mum and wife things. <laughs> Um, my husband played local football, so two nights a week he was out of action at footy training, things like that. So I'd put my girls to bed, maybe sit down, have a chat to my husband for a while, and then I'd go back to work. So I'd bank up those hours. And there'd be often me going to bed at one two o'clock in the morning and then back up when one of the kids got up in the, in the morning and, and repeat, <sighs> and repeat. <laughs> um, I, did work, I, I did work part-time. But again, when you're up at that level at the bank, there's no not having your phone on. And my belief is that I, I did work for my clients, not the bank. That's how I felt. So my clients were exactly that. I didn't, the bank weren't the, the big all, be all and end all. Um, then I think things started to take a little bit of a whirlwind as you've started to uh, allude to. So um, at age 34, my marriage broke down. Um, and you know, there was a moment there where I was so pr proud of myself. I didn't take a single day off work. So my marriage is, is breaking down. We're transitioning houses, transitioning the girls and not one day did I take off, not one sh tear shed, maybe a few swear words um, across the phone. <laughs> Uh, and then I decided that I just needed a break. So I went overseas for a week and I came back and I was really quite sick. And I, so I just fobbed it off as I must have got barley belly or, you know, a bug. And then I, I, I still wasn't feeling great. Went to the doctor and he said, oh, you, you, you know, you're probably a bit dehydrated. Let's get a blood test. And I said, I've got time to get one today. I've got meetings all day. And he said, okay, Amanda, I live in Melbourne. So, okay, Amanda, there's, you can go get your blood tested at Collins Street. I'll fax something to you. Fax. That's how long ago. Love it. it. <laughs> Um, and so I went off, I thought him, he said, promise me. So this is the doctor that delivered me. So I'm 34 years old, still seeing the GP that knows me just as well as most people. Um, I go and do, cause I promised I would go and get my blood test results first thing in the morning. And then I get back to my phone at about four, four thirty in the afternoon and 20 missed calls, easily 20 missed calls on my telephone from mum and, and no, no numbers and whatever it was. So I finally ring mum because she had my girls. There was a day that she was minding them. And I said, oh, I'm on my way. She said, Amanda, the doctor's been trying to call you. What's going on? You've got to call him straight away. So I rang and he said, 
Amanda, I am that grumpy with you. He said, you can't even come in here now because we're closed. They were just a little general clinic. He said, I need you to go straight to the hospital through emergency. I'll have a letter waiting for them, but basically go there. And I got to the, the hospital. Um, they had the letter, which I didn't know what the letter really said. I was just like, oh, yeah, I'll just, you know, do what I'm supposed to do. And before I knew it, it was like an episode of RPA. They'd taken my ECG, they'd taken blood, and all of a sudden the blue blue lights are going and the alarm's going and and they're getting the crash cart and and I'm getting wheeled up to ICU with a severe potassium de deficiency. So it sent my heart into something that I couldn't necessarily feel, although in hindsight I probably could have. Um, so I spent a week in ICU. Um, and by choice, a week without my girls seeing me because there was no way I was letting two children into an ICU unit. Mm. And then two weeks in the cardiac unit and then another week of normal hospital. And I suppose this is the part where I don't always uh, do as I say. <laughs> I discharged myself because I've had enough of hospital. So I probably should have been there another another two weeks. But um, it, it's left a irregular heartbeat for me. Um, mm. something I need to monitor when I'm training um, and yeah we, we often have a giggle because it was my my like not long after I left my husband we say I've broken heart syndrome but no not really. <laughs> <laughs> no not really not really okay. wow yes yeah. the real oh. twist of all of that is when I was in ICU and this is what where you're getting at that's burnout but it does it probably does start the story of why I left the corporate banking world. Every single day I was in ICU, my then boss rang me not to ask how I was, but to get information about clients and, um, you know, this, 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 you know, until the ICU doctor banned him calling. So they actually, the ICU department banned him from calling. Wow. Um, and then I started to realise I suppose who I was working for. You know, here I am, and I had clients ringing me. So I had two clients that were quite um, well-known doctors at that point in time, and all they wanted was my test results to make sure I was getting looked after correctly. They didn't care about their own thing. Mm. Um, and so what started to build in me at that particular time was that I, I was 100% committed to my clients. Um, but the bank wasn't 100% committed to me. They didn't, the bank and I didn't share the same culture or beliefs in what I was trying to, de to deliver. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it sucks that it took that <laughs> to work it out, but sometimes it does, doesn't it? Especially when you, I mean, I, and I know you, you're such a, a passionate and high performer, high achiever, I mean, obviously, with everything that you have done and are still doing. So sometimes it's hard for us to, to admit that there, there's something not working or something yeah. isn't right. You know, it's, so I find for myself as well, you know, you can, you can feel it. You can feel that this isn't the right environment for me. This isn't helping me thrive or helping me be my best there's something going wrong, but I still find it hard to go, oh, I can't turn it down or I can't say no because I feel like then I'm I'm failing or I'm, you know, what if I'm cutting off an opportunity? Like I find it hard to really 
sometimes identify those kind of moments, those kind of mismatches. And so sometimes it takes like a massive event, like, you know, the life or the universe or someone to really grab you and go, stop, <laughs> just stop it. This yeah. isn't for you. Yep. Yep. Um, and, you know, my girls could have, you know, could have become mumless <laughs> quite exactly. easily. Exactly. And, you know, most of the things that I do, I have I've two, I've got an 18 year old now, but she's still my little girl. Um, you know, I have two little girls that I'm trying to teach everything that we're talking about today, independence, strength, resilience. I'm trying to lead by example with them. So it really did trigger a change in my, my mindset about who I wanted to work for. Um, mm. and, and, and what it was about financial planning that I absolutely loved. Um, I mean, the fact that I was one of the top planners at the bank, you can imagine there was a decent salary attached to that as well. And, and um, it was a hard one to walk away from when you, you wipe that up when you're trying to bring up a family and things like that. Mm. But like, uh, as I said to you already, like many other things, I just, I can't, I can't do things that don't sit morally with me and, and working there just didn't anymore. Yeah. Mm. Mm, that's huge. That's really huge. And so from there, it wasn't at this point though that you went and and did your own <laughs> business, was no, it? No. But it was it was part of a turn. It played part in sort of a bit of a pivot, a bit of a turn. And I love that you said that. Yeah, it really caused you to reflect. What is it? What is it at its core? The essence of of what I'm doing that I do really love. How do I take that and find it somewhere else? But then, so what did lead you to your own business? <laughs> so that was when I was age um, 34. At age 36, I got diagnosed with melanoma. And <sighs> at the same time, at the same time, I decided to run away from the cancer diagnosis by doing an Ironman. <laughs> and this is where the Ironman comes in. Okay. <laughs> um, and it's while training. It was all training for something and trying to fit in my family and trying to fit in work and that I started to heal from so many different things that had happened to me in my past and not just heal. So it wasn't just backtracking. It was about deciding who I wanted to be and what I wanted to do um, and not so much the legacy. The legacy is probably not the right word, but again, I had this amazing grandfather who I there's not a day goes by when I don't think of him and he's the biggest pedestal that exists in, in my world. And so, you know, if I could be half that for my children, for people who I work with, for people who are listening to you right now, that's what drives me to lead by example. Um, so during this Ironman, I spent time, believe it or not, and you do have a lot of time when you're training on your own on big rides to, to figure out what it is that, that I wanted. And then, as I said, I went back and worked for a friend for a while because he gave me free reign to be who I wanted to be um, in terms of a financial planning perspective. And I've always been from a, I suppose, revenue generating perspective for any company. I've always been a very good <laughs> um, revenue generator. When I went and worked for my friend, my only condition was I had one day off a week and mm that I was on a salary. I didn't want a single commission. So mm. I didn't want bonuses. I didn't want to be paid on, on, on the basis of what business I did or didn't do. 
because mm. that's what was starting to sit with me is that um, all my clients are equal in my eyes and I don't want to be paid any differently. So given that it was a, as, a, as an old friend from my banking days and I may have got a better time than him in Ironman, so, you know, I had run up on him. um yeah but so so then but even then when i it just wasn't like i spent a few years there and was loving it it was great but again i was still working as if i owned that particular business and i was working to generate a culture that i believed in within the business and when you don't own the business and there's different directors you only have so much say and so i spoke to him um about starting my own business and my my little nickname with really close people especially males for some reason is because he's tomo so he said tomo thank goodness you have come to this decision so he was even backing me and he said i'll i'll go into a joint venture with you and i was just like no i'm doing this on my own and we had a conversation about clients and promised not to take clients and he said but you know some will follow you know some will follow so we made a list um and 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 i did a charity ride a couple of years ago and he came out and did one of the hills at the same time as me so we've still got a really good relationship so again when i talk about morals i do live by them so so I, I did, I started this business and my mum came up with the name, believe it or not. So Endurance Financial, it's very, you know, very triathlon. <laughs> um, but but there's, and then I had clients saying to me, I love the name, you know, um, you know, Endurance Yoke, so you stand with us through the test of time. Everyone was coming up with how good this name was for, for me. So, you know, there's so many things you could put the word endurance to. Yes. Um, with me and I love it. Like I've endured the banks, I've endured heartache, all of these things. It's good. Amazing. Amazing. And I love the, the evolution of it. And I think that's what it, that's what it takes, doesn't it? These little sort of pivots in ourselves, in our own lives to really discover who we want to be and how we want things to be. And then it, and then it sort of evolves from there. That's huge. All right. I have a very important question for you. Lycra, and hippopotamuses, <laughs> hippopotami. I don't know, but <laughs> it's, um, it is. What's it's, the link? It starts. It starts everything. So it's a little bit of a giggle. One day, someone sent me this, like you know, mem that said, "Do you know that hippopotamuses can outswim humans, and they can outrun humans?" So if a hippopotamus fire. <laughs> Oh, oh, hold on, on, Amanda. Sorry. Cut out. Okay. Oh, that's okay. You're okay. So um, a friend sent me a mem one day and it was basically um, this hippopotamus riding a bike and it said, do you know that if a hippopotamus was to do a triathlon, um, it can outswim humans and it can outrun humans. So the only chance of beating a hippopotamus in a triathlon is on the bike. Um, and then it just became a little bit of a giggle. It's probably my mother as usual. And, and she said, yes, that would be you trying to outrun the hippo. Um, so life and lycra and hippopotamuses is the fact that the hippo represents, I suppose, my, my life as well. There's plenty of times before I did Iron Man that I tried to outrun the hippo or my mm-hmm. or my past mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and sooner or later the hippo he catches up with you <laughs> yes oh, i love so that it's huge <laughs> 
brilliant brilliant i mean it is just incredible your story amanda and thank you so much for sharing because it is it's incredible it is and it's also as well life life events and i think the way that you have taken it taken these these challenges on board and not let it crush you you know you've taken it and it has um helped you evolve is what it sounds like it's helped you evolve into being more of who you actually want to be as well Mm. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I'm learning probably one of my biggest weaknesses, which I'm sure is so many other people, but I, I'm 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 known for not looking in the mirror. And it's not for any other reason. Normally, I'm in just such a rush. You don't look at the mirror before you go out for a run. And normally, I go straight from a run into work or whatever it is. So, so mirrors and I, not you know, but then. I do believe that if you're looking, you know, and people would have heard this saying, if you're looking for that one person to change your life, take a look in the mirror, take a look in the mirror. Um, and, and the hardest part of that is to actually see the person looking back at you. Um, we live under a lot of stereotypes. So, so for me, you know, I, I'm the single mum or I'm the, the mum that had cancer or I'm the financial planner that had to stop work because she got sick or, or you, or, you know, um, uh, there's lots of stereotypes that we even give ourselves sometimes. Um, and, and it took me a long time to say, no, I'm, I'm just Amanda. Um, and, you know, on, on a good day, I can look and I can see that brave person that I am. I can see that strong woman I am. And then other days I don't, but I've just truly now look in the mirror and go, there I am. There I am. That's me in all the facets of who I am. Good, bad, indifferent, on a bad day, on a good day. Um, that's me. And, mm. and I think it's really important still in this day and age that we, we just need to take that big breath and believe in, our, in ourselves because we are the person that knows us the best. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. And I think that's so true. I remember having that experience of, you know, everything's going wrong. And for a while there, especially in my, my 20s, I, it's so easy to, to blame other people or blame circumstances. It's like, oh, you know, my business didn't work out. Oh, you know, it's my partner's fault for doing this. It's my parents' fault for this. Oh, my friends don't understand. And what I started to realize was that, oh, hang on, the common denominator to all of my problems is me maybe there's something to that you know i remember that for me that was a big wake-up call like oh shit <laughs> this is this is me this is there's something you know which is um scary and uncomfortable isn't it when you go oh damn it it's all like it's all on me but then it's uh, once you get through that you go actually no then that means i can actually do something about it if it's me it's suddenly now within my control I can do something about it. I can make the changes and whatever I need to do to overcome this, you know, and I guess that's, that's resilience in a nutshell, isn't it? It's, that's and how we build that resilience. And, and you know what, there's the, you know, um, yeah, the other thing that this is my, my little catch cry at the moment, you probably, if you go, if you've seen my website, it's adversity is a given courage is a choice. So it is all about the choices that we make because you know, Tara, everything isn't our fault. So we, mm. and that's mm. something I have to learn still to this day. You know, when my 18-year-old tells me off for something, I've got to walk away and go, 
that's not on real that's not me that's all on you but yet the mm. mother instinct in us is to take it all on so so it's about not so much taking responsibility for absolutely everything but taking responsibility for what it is that we can change mm. yes yeah love that i'm not that great at it all the time but i'm working on it <laughs> That's it. That's a constant practice, right? It's a constant yeah. practice. So what would be um, sort of a, a tip, something that the people who are listening now could maybe take away and try and start implementing in their lives to help them build, to build resilience, to build this stronger kind of mindset? Don't try and outrun a hippo, for one. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. And, and, and I think it, that the biggest thing for me is be prepared to ride the waves of life. You know, it is going to go up and down. And the correlation between life and the share market, for example, as I say to my clients, I'll guarantee you two things. The share market's going to go up and the share market's going to go down, but I can't tell you when. So you've got to be prepared to, to ride it. And you know what? Life is like that. I, I have to hope for myself that, you know, I've had cancer, I've had a heart attack, I've had all of these things. I hope my, my time's done. <laughs> but you know what? It might not be. It might not be. So it's about just saying, okay, this too shall pass. This too shall pass. Um, mm we make a mistake at work or something relationships whatever it is this too shall pass and i'll learn from it and i'll get better and i'll become an even better version of myself mm. i i don't think that 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 fail failures aren't a bad thing because the lessons that you get from failures are so much greater than the lessons you get from successes Mm. Too busy riding the, the big excitement of success to necessarily take all the teachings that come with it. So don't be afraid to fall down. And if you don't think you're strong enough to get up on your own, surround yourself with that village. Surround that self with that, you know, for other working women or networking mm. or whatever it is. You know, surround yourself with someone that's not going to say you're right, Amanda, and everything's great and rosy and you look really good in that disgusting dress. <laughs> you want the truth. You want the truth. But you can people can still give you the truth and give you constructive feedback and all of those things while still supporting you. Mm. So the you surround yourself to help you through the bad times whichever whatever that is they're really important people to have around yeah oh um oh amanda I'm, i feel like i'm a little bobblehead right now i'm just <laughs> yes 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 sing it yeah that is it is huge and it really is sometimes i think people go oh yeah 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 and it can be dismissed as almost fluff but you go no that is I mean, everything you've just said, that is what it is to be, to be resilient, um, to keep moving forwards. Like you said, riding, riding the waves and surrounding yourself with support, especially when we get knocked down and we don't think, because we can't always pick ourselves back up. It sometimes it can be just really hard and that's okay. You know, that is okay. Like you are saying, so surround yourself with people who are going to help you up when you need it. It is the the be all and end all isn't it really of how we just keep ourselves going absolutely so that's huge yeah and yeah i'm a really big quote person so can i finish on a quote so Please my, my quote of the month is when you come to the edge of all the darkness you have and must make a decision either you will and sorry can we do that again so when we come no, to 
When you come to the edge of all the light you have and must take a step into the darkness of the unknown, one of two things will happen. Either there'll be something solid for you to stand on or you will learn to fly. Oh, I just got goosebumps. That is brilliant. And absolutely on that note, thank you, Amanda. I appreciate all of your stories and all of the learnings you shared with us today. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much, Tara. Thank you. Hey team, thanks for joining me. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast and you rate and review wherever you listen to your podcast. Every little bit helps. I'm so excited to be sharing this journey with you. Love some feedback and we'll see you next time.